So in Luke 1.37, we have this famous scripture that says, For nothing will be impossible to God. And everybody says amen, because we, we all agree, nothing will be impossible to God. So, um, but do we really believe it? That's the thing. Because um, we believe the Bible verse. I, I mean, we know it's true. Uh, but do we really believe it in our own lives? Because so many times we're faced with difficult situations, with impossible situations, with dead-end uh, things that happen in our life that we, 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 some, we, we're sometimes confused and we say, God, we know it, there's nothing impossible or God, you told me to do this and now it's not working or you told me to, um, uh, uh, you know, marry this person in, and it's not working or you told me to accept this job and it's not working. And, you, and, and so we have these situations in our life. And today, I'd like just to share very briefly uh, about this Bible verse. I need to bring you a word of encouragement that I need. But I'd like to give you a few points, a few things that we uh, need to uh, have in our life in order to take possession of this promise. So maybe you're in, in one of those uh, stages of life where... Uh, you're not very sure what to do next, or you're not very sure uh, how you arrive there. So let me give you these pointers. And the first thing I like to talk about is about uh, acknowledging your need. Because uh, one of the great sins of the church and of Christians is that we believe in God, but sometimes we don't put God first. So uh, we, we put him second, or we don't acknowledge our need immediately. You know, King David uh, wrote this Psalm, Psalm 40, and he, he was a, a wealthy person. He was a wealthy guy. Uh, but uh, he's saying this, as for me, I am poor and needy. So th this is the cry of a very wealthy man. And... If we compare wealth those days and today, he will be extremely wealthy, like in the top, like 1%, more, not 1%, but 0.1% people. He was extremely, extremely wealthy. And, and he's saying, as for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. So, so the focus of this scripture, it's not that we're poor and needy. Because uh, I, I know there's also some people with this mentality of poverty. They're, they're all saying, I'm, I'm so poor, I'm so needy, I have these needs, I have all these. So th that's not the, the focus of this scripture. The focus of this scripture is it's part two, where, where it says, uh, however, I'm poor and needy. However, God, you take thought of me. So, so God thinks about us. God, God is thinking about you. And, and uh, um, uh, really, uh, Christians many times, uh, uh, they, they don't think that God is taking care of them. And, and so we're uh, uh, at times like in a sinking ship. And before I, I continue, I'm going to show one of my uh, favorite scenes from a movie. And I know that some of you guys like uh, 
like movies. So uh, we're going to watch just three minutes and, and let me tell you what this is all about. How many of you watch one of the movies, Titanic? All right. <laughs> I'm not going to put the cheesy music, you know, the love goes on and whatever. So, so uh, I, I'm going just to show you one of the, to me, one of the most touching scenes of this movie. And, um, and it's when the, the, the boat is sinking. This is a real story. This truly happened. The boat, is, the boat is sinking and the band realizes they cannot escape. And so they start playing. Let's watch a little bit. I'd like to share this verse on Psalms uh, 40 and verse 17. It says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered. And I need it, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So the, 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 those people on the, that boat, they thought they had everything. You know, uh, comparing prices with today, a ticket for the Titanic was $100,000 in today's money. So just to give you an idea, $100,000. And there was thousands of people there. 1,500 died. 700 survived. So, so it was the, the, a terrible accident. But those are people that were super wealthy. They were not the poor and the needy. They were super wealthy people. And here they are thinking that they're in an unsinkable ship and everything is going down. Have you ever felt like your boat, your ship, is going under. And so sometimes as Christians, we, what we do, we put a nice music on the background and we just uh, are in awe staring at, at the, our life, you know, just going down, going under and thinking there's nothing we can do. And so all those people thought they were toast, they were dead. It's that's a frozen uh, ocean. And right at the end, this is, this is uh, interesting when the band finished. It's a very short sentence. And legend says that the, the captain um, then uh, passed by. And uh, I think I, I skipped the slide. Um, well, I, I added after and it's not on my presentation. But that, that's an, an eight-man band that finished, and they say that the captain passed by, and he said, you did a really good job. Thank you, gentlemen. And then the boat sank. It's a sad story. It's a very sad story. And I don't know people like sad stories. But, um, you know, I, I'd rather be the guy that uh, escapes because someone had to escape to tell us the story. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so I, I don't want any of you, me included, to be one of those that look at this, the, the sheep sinking and thinking this is impossible. There's nothing I can do. It's impossible to escape. But uh, however, uh, there's always in God a way. In God, there's always a way of escape. Okay, so don't stare at your life. You know, putting nice worship in the background and letting, you know, the boat sink. You know, we need to do something about it. And so 
I gave you a, a, a pointer about, um, oops, it's going again. Uh, I gave you a, a, a pointer, but uh, I would like to give you a few more before I pray with you this morning. <laughs> so with God, nothing will be impossible. So even if you're seeing your life going under, you have the nice worship music in the background, and you say, I'm going under, I want to tell you that God wrote every chapter in your story. So God knows everything about you. And for God, really, nothing will be impossible. You, you think that God wasn't able to, you know, to hold that, that ship? God was able to do so. Isn't God able to save you from sharks and cold water and from anything that happens in your life? God is able to do it. So don't be in despair thinking that the ship is going under. And don't join the crowd that stays on the boat, even though it's a nice story. It's a nice thing that, that happened. All those eight musicians, their names are in history as one of the most professional bands in the world. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the band that played until the last minute. Uh, and, and so they took their uh, goals and their love uh, of music to, this, to, to the end. But uh, God uh, loves us, and he established already a plan for us. In Psalms 139, verse 16, 17, it says, Your eyes saw my informed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when I was, uh, when, when as, as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. So God wrote your plan, my plan, before we were even born. So it seems that if you think about it, that um, God failed in his plan because we, we, the, the ship is sinking. And you're thinking, how did God plan such a horrible thing for me, for my life? And it can be a disease, can be a disaster, uh, uh, you know, terrible things that happen in the family, awful things that can happen in our lives. And God knew every chapter. But the thing is, we alter that plan. I, I, I once preached a message here about the butterfly effect. And if you know what's the butterfly effect, it's like a, a theory that says if a butterfly flaps the wings in Australia can cause an earthquake in Europe and because there's uh, events that are streamed and we don't know how things are streamed and can affect us. So it's not just us, it's circumstances, it's people around us. There's so many factors and we can come out of that plan, that story that God established for us. So, but the good news is that he's with us. And he's, when he's with us, he can help us to go through those circumstances and realign our lives with his purpose. So God established his plans and his purpose. Not only he established us, he formed you, he formed us, but he established his plans and his purpose. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, God gives a prophetic word to Jeremiah 
And he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Notice it doesn't say plans for wealth. It says plans for welfare. So don't think about welfare as Canadian welfare, because it's not what, what it means. But it means that he provides for us. He supplies. When you need welfare, it's when you're in a situation of lack, and then there's provision to meet your need. So, uh, so that's what welfare means. So it says that God has plans to bring a remedy to our lack. But first you need to acknowledge, I am poor and needy. I need you. God, without you, I'm not going anywhere. Even if you're Bill Gates, you need God. Even if you pay the $100,000 to be on the Titanic, and I can't imagine what's going to happen. It's still in our generation. People uh, paying big money to go to the moon instead of the Titanic. There's people that are going to pay millions of dollars or to go to Mars. To, you know, and, and they think, oh, this is a, a super powerful spaceship. Nothing's going to happen. Let me tell you. When we have that attitude that we are in an unsinkable ship, it's when things can happen that will put us in a situation in which it seems that God is not there. But God is still there. So even if your ship is sinking, even if you're singing, God, I want to be near to you, and you're worshiping and all that, don't allow your life to go under. Because God is with you and he can change that, that, those, those plans that are happening in your life. And so let me move to the end, to the conclusion of this message. And I want to tell you that God gives us second chances. God is willing to give you and me a second chance. And a third chance and a fourth chance. I'll use the word second chance here so we'll... Uh, We'll uh, understand what's, what's talking about. I like to read the scripture. It's a long one, but uh, I put it all there. It's in Revelation uh, chapter 21, verses 1 to, to 6. It's right at the end of the Bible, the end of the book. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. So there's a second opportunity. And the sea was no more, no more Titanic. <laughs> and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down uh, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear. And, and then it continues. So, so it talks about a second chance for everybody. Not just for you, not just for me. Like a second chance for all people. And uh, on verse uh, 5, we're not going to read everything. It says, behold, I'm making all things new. That's great. <laughs> all things new. How many of you like new things? I, I love new things. You know, my, my first house, the first house that I purchased was a new house. And it was great, great house. And then I, I, we, we moved to Canada, and I had to buy an old house. 
And, and I, I still remember. It was on, in Hamilton on Mohawk Road. It was a, an old uh, bungalow and uh, very, very, very old uh, and need, needed renovations like crazy. And after living there for a few years, uh, me and my wife, we, said, we, we decided if we can, we're not going to live in an old house ever again, <laughs> if we can. Because we never know how life goes. So we always make an, an effort. I'd rather have a, a house that's far away or a smaller house uh, that's new or almost new <laughs> rather than having a whole, an old house. So we all understand uh, what new means. So do you need everything new in your life? Maybe not everything, but it will be great to have all things new. You know, the 700 people that escaped the Titanic, uh, that disaster, they all had a new opportunity. And they did amazing life. Just recently, uh, some of the, the latest uh, uh, people that arrived to 100 years old and 99 years old passed away. And they talked about life and how this impacted their life. Sometimes a disaster can have a positive outcome in your life because you realize what's really important. And so don't ever see, you know, the circumstances that are going bad, that, you know, that the ship is sinking, but God is with you. There's still an opportunity. And so God is an expert in changing circumstances that are impossible and make them new. He wants to give us a new life. In fact, your first step with God begins with new life. It's a rejection of your past. You need to reject your past in order to enter into a new relationship with God and a new uh, opportunity in your life. And bad things will happen. Awkward things, circumstances will happen. Sometimes the ship is sinking, but if you acknowledge, I am poor and needy, however, God, you thought of me. And, and that's the most important thing when we face th these trials, these things in our life. We need to be humble. Uh, in, in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says that God oppo opposes the, the, the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So are you humble enough to say, God, I am poor and needy, but you think about me. You take care of me and you can change the circumstances of my life. And with you, I know that nothing will be impossible. Nothing, absolutely nothing will be impossible. And, and, uh, and that's the, the assurance we uh, need to have. And this is my uh, short meditation this morning. To let you know that for nothing will be impossible with God. And notice the, the, the tense of the, uh, of the verb. Notice, the, notice the, the, it's, it's nothing will be impossible. So it seems that now it's impossible. But in the future, in, in what is to come, nothing will be impossible. We need to, to tell God, yes, <clears throat> I said it's impossible, but with you, nothing will be impossible. 
So step into a new reality. Step into a new zone. Even if the, the boat is sinking, start, start swimming. If you don't know how to swim, ask God to send someone that knows how to swim to help you. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I could preach years on the Titanic because there are so many good lessons we can have from that movie. I, actually, this was not the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. This is the first, uh, not the first Titanic, I think the second or third, because they did a bunch of Titanics. But, uh, but I kept this image when I was a kid and I watched this movie of the band playing. It's very t touching. And, uh, and, and so you can imagine yourself going under in cold water and dying uh, with the band playing. So nice. Is it nice? I don't think it is. So don't, so don't, don't allow you know, the background music to numb you to go under. But decide today to tell God, God, yes, I cannot escape this situation. But with you, nothing will be impossible. You know, this week I, I posted a, something on, on Facebook uh, that happened in the United States, a, a, a tornado, one of those strong ones, uh, a category four or five, that destroyed the whole region. And, and uh, there's this little uh, house and, and the prayer closet was intact. And, and everything was de destroyed. And the prayer closet was not built with uh, bricks or stone. It's a wood prayer closet. So, so you see the whole house is destroyed. There's the, this picture. I couldn't uh, have it here on time. And, and, um, and, and everything around was destroyed. It was grandma's prayer closet that stayed intact. And actually, uh, family members gathered there thinking they were going to die. And everything was destroyed but that place. It's, it's a miracle. It's what we, we say, oh, wow, this is... And, and uh, people have no God. They say, oh, they were so lucky. And I, I, I don't mind that people say that I'm lucky. I know that I'm blessed. <laughs> and, and sometimes we escape. We escape, uh, you know, death, disease. We escape accidents. We escape so many things. Do we attribute that to God? Or do we say, oh, I'm so lucky. <laughs> you see, that, that's where Christians have to shift the way they think, not just after the fact, but when we're in it. So when you're facing the impossible, just a simple prayer. And one of the shortest prayers that I've learned is like this. Jesus! That's a short prayer. <laughs> It means a lot of things. It, in one word, I can say a lot of things when I do this prayer. You know, when I, uh, two years ago, I, I had the car accident and I was crashing into a tractor and I just had time to say that prayer. And not only I escaped, but then my car was fixed, which was amazing. But, um, uh, you know, we, we have to train ourselves as Christians to, to learn this truth that nothing will be impossible to God. But then we have to follow these, uh, these little pointers and know that without humbleness, impossible will 
be, will remain impossible without humbleness. With humbleness, God will change the circumstances because he knows everything. Let me just share this before I pray. Uh, some of you know that I, I spent a lot of time writing a, a book. I spent 15 years. 15 years. And I, I will write a uh, few chapters and then trash them. And then I started writing on a computer and I will delete them. And I wasn't happy. And then finally I said, okay, I need to publish this thing. So uh, I, I did the book and I gave uh, the book to a few people uh, so they could read, give me their input. And, and then just before publishing, I, had, I cut like three chapters. <laughs> I cut in a lot of stuff and I altered and I changed and I tweaked. And then finally, I published the book. Okay, let me tell you that our life is being written in God's book. Okay? And it's not us who are responsible for the final publication. It's God. And one thing with writing is that we can go to our chapter and change it. We, we, we don't like it or we want to add something or we add a chapter. We can do that. That's what God is doing with us. That's why he's not the sculpture of our life. He writes our life. Because with the sculpture, if you do a mistake, it's, it's going to be very hard to correct what you did. You know, if, uh, because, uh, you know, if you're carving stone, it's very hard to go back and put back the, put the pieces together. But uh, with our life, the example that the Bible gives us is a, uh, it's a book. And so a book can be easily changed. The author has no problem in going to the book and changing a chapter, changing a sentence, adding something to the book. With a sculpture, that cannot happen. You do irreversible mistakes. So in our life, we know from Scripture that God planned our life. So he wrote the script, but we altered it by our, our poor decisions, our mistakes, our shortcomings, things that we do. We alter the, the outcome of what was intended to, uh, by God for our lives. But God has the pencil. He's the one who can change the outcome. And even if the outcome is bad, God can change it into a good thing. When Jesus died at the cross, it seemed that the outcome was the, the worst. That great leader of men and women was being killed by the Romans in a cross. It was a trap, but they were finishing him. And so the outcome was horrible. The devil himself was there celebrating the death of Christ. And when everything seemed to be over, one day went on and people were mourning. Two days went on. The disciples were hiding. Three days and it seems that it was over. Nothing good came 
out of what Jesus did. He healed the blind man. He bring dead people to life. He was such a good man. And now it was over. Came over. But remember, God still has the pencil. On the third day, he resurrected. He came back to life. And believe it or not, it was written in Scripture years, centuries before what was going to happen, but people could not identify the script. See, the, the book was written. The book was written telling that he will resurrect. But Christians, which were, which were his followers, the ones that followed Jesus, did, they didn't believe it. And they had to go to the grave to check it. They had to put their finger in their pierced hands to, to check it and to, to have a proof because they couldn't believe it. So we're not different. We're not different. So sometimes we, we, the boat is going under and we think there's no way I can pay this bill. There's no way I'm going to escape this sickness. There's no way I'm going to rebuild my broken marriage. There's no way I'm going to rebuild my life. There's no way of escape. But God still has the pencil. I'd like to invite you to stand and I wanted to pray with you. And I would like to pray this Bible verse this morning that says, For nothing will be impossible with God. So I don't know the circumstances of your life, your trials, what you're facing. Maybe your life is, is going fantastic like the guys on, on the Titanic. They were partying. It was a party. $100,000 a ticket. 